0: The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee, Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee, Music by Fish Zombie the Onions, and special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be.
1: Chapter 39 The Stars That Cross Part 1 Penelope gave Euricity that night, Then she gave him the next. After that, there was dinner again with his father. They took Hector out to ride horses. They would spend afternoons in her apartment and evenings in his cabin. All while Penelope struggled with indecision. She tried to read his future. Her tarot deck was gone, so she used playing cards. Playing cards were always vague and Penelope thought rude in their interpretations. Sometimes, as he slept, she would sit on the floor and tap him with the deck, then deal them onto the ground. The cards always told her the same thing again and again death she tried reading his tea leaves it took some coaxing to get him to drink the tea but once he had she turned his cup over pretending to be clearing the dishes she read the tea leaves off the saucer and once again saw death as they lay in bed together his arms wrapped around her she took his hand and read his palm his lifeline was short and broken it had little scars and tiny creases that would either intersect it or pointed to it moments in his life where he could have died and moments where he still might it was short so very short
0: what happened to the girl
1: he asked her as she studied his hand what girl she asked absent-minded lost in the attempt to read the confusing signs
0: the pretty one the one everybody wanted to marry
1: helen Was that her name? Yes. Would you like to hear the story? It may take some time.
0: We have. All the time in the world.
1: Eurystheus said as he brushed her hair with his fingers and adjusted her so that she sat more comfortably against him. Penelope worried. All the time in the world, she thought. If only he did. Would you like to hear the story the way it was told? The way it's recorded in histories and the myth? Or... Would you like to hear the story the way I heard it from my goddess? What's the
0: difference?
1: It is the difference between what is true and what is legend.
0: Tell me the truth.
1: All right. Penelope took a deep breath and then began her story. Penelope and Ulysses left for Ithaca. They did not stay to find out what happened or who would win Helen's hand. Now that they had each other, they didn't care. All they wanted was their home and their island and time alone. Agamemnon wanted to pick the right husband for Helen, but the right husband was a husband who would neglect her, who would set her aside and give her no attention. He knew that if her husband was careless, Helen would be easier to steal. She may even be willing to leave. So he awarded her hand to his brother, Menelaus. Menelaus didn't mean to be cruel. The days after their wedding he tried to show Helen his affection. But the woman was cold and short to him. He gave her gifts, she ignored them. He called her to his chambers to show her affection. She did her duty and nothing more. So in time he just got tired of her small rejections and stopped calling on her. He still had the respect of the other kings, the husband of the most beautiful woman in the world. Whenever the kings of Greece came to visit, She would come out and bow to them, and then retreat back into her chambers. Menelaus would make excuses for her absence. She was ill, or there had been a death in her family. Anything to hide that she would not treat him as a king, and certainly not treat him as a husband. The secret was, back in her chambers, among her ladies, in the luxury she was accustomed to, she was happy. She didn't like men. She didn't like the way they considered themselves more important than the people around them. She didn't like their constant attention and their need for validation by forcing her to reciprocate that attention she didn't like their beards she hated if they were overly muscled she couldn't stand if any were fat she didn't care that they found her to be the most beautiful woman in the world the title hadn't helped her she had been set on display too many times she had been leered over too many times she had been pawed at and abused too many times She had been given away like a laurel in the games, and though they could force her to honor the marriage with her body, she would not give them her mind. She would not willingly go to Menelaus. She would never smile in his presence. Because the truth was, she didn't like men. She liked women. To her, her ladies were her friends. They gossiped over other kings, always reporting back to her the foolish things the husbands would do, she involved herself in their lives. She encouraged them to have dalliances with the guards and to come back and report to her unless, like her, they didn't like men. And if they didn't like men, then she would encourage them to stay with her. She would invite them into her bed and with them, she would satisfy her need for love. Everyone needs love. But that love can be expressed in so many different ways. Helen loved her friends. She loved them in so many different ways. Agamemnon grew tired of waiting. The treaty was working too well, and none of the kings of Greece dared to steal Helen. The Egyptians learned of the treaty and refused to allow any of their princes to visit Greece. The Persians did the same. But in the kingdom of Ilium, there was a prince, Alexander. He was the youngest. He was not a fighter like his brothers were. He had no talent for it. He was not the statesman his father was. He didn't care for politics. He was not the scholar his sister was. The histories and the prophecies did not interest him. What he was, was a dreamer. He dreamt that his life could be something more, something different. He tried to tell his mother about these dreams, but she would dismiss him, always trying to convince him that his life was perfect as it was, that he was a prince of a great nation, And life could not be better than this. She told him there was nothing more, so he stopped telling her about his dreams. One day a man came from Greece. He had gifts for all the princes of Ilium. There were swords and shields, there was a bow with silver-tipped arrows, there were books and clothes, there were perfumes and oils. They were all laid out on a large table, each gift set to display their beauty, and all of them were beautiful. All of them had decorative etching or metallic threads. All of them except one. In a simple wooden frame, there was a small portrait of Helen. Each prince was brought in by order of birth, and because of that, Hector was first. He saw the gifts on the table. He picked up a sword and tested it. He set it down. He picked up a shield. He tried to bend it. He beat it with his fist. He held it up, but it wasn't a Greek shield. It was a copy of his shield, only in better metal with stronger fixtures. It was a shield made specifically for him. He smiled and embraced the man who gave it to him, and waited to see what the others would pick. The man from Greece watched twenty more sons of King Priam step up to the table, and like the other countries he had been to, none of them chose the portrait, until Alexander. At first he didn't see it. A robe had been set aside, and had covered it. The robe was purple silk with gold threading. It was long, intended to be floor length, but, as Alexander thought to try it on, it was immediately obvious it wouldn't fit him. It would drag on the ground. His hands would be lost in the sleeves. He set it back on the table, and then he saw the portrait. He picked it up and stared at it. His heart began to beat faster. He held his breath for reasons he could not understand. He bowed politely, in thanks for the gift and then stood with his brothers. Alexander waited until the rest of the brothers and servants had left the hall, until it was only him and the visitor. He wanted to ask. He wanted to know, but it was foolish, he thought. He held on to the portrait and changed his mind. He began to walk from the hall.
0: "'Where are you going?'
1: asked the man from Greece.
0: "'With
1: the others. There's a feast. Aren't you coming?' "'We can go in a moment.
0: Can I ask you a question?'
1: Yeah, replied Alexander.
0: Why did you choose the painting?
1: I don't know, said Alexander.
0: There's something about it. I can't stop staring at it. Who is this? That's Helen, Queen of Sparta. It is said that she is the most beautiful woman in the world.
1: The man told Alexander. I would not doubt it. Alexander held the painting, and again he was lost staring into it.
0: Would you like to meet her?
1: The man from Greece smiled. Is she here? Did she come with you? Alexander stepped towards the man hopefully. No. She never leaves her
0: palace. But if you were to bring that painting to the king of Sparta, he would invite you into his home as a guest. He would throw a feast and at that feast the queen would sit at his side. She would be there. You could meet her. You could talk to her. I can't do that. They wouldn't let me. My mother would scold me. I have duties here. I'm afraid of boats. There are many reasons not to do something. Do you think the courageous man does not think of them? He thinks of all of them. And then he does what he fears, anyways. Three days from now we are leaving. Our next stop is Sparta, and if you would like to come,
1: there's room. Now, did you say there was a feast? Will you show me how to get there? That night, Alexander snuck into his sister's room. When he was a child, he used to do this often. They used to stay up nights together laughing, talking, telling stories. Alexander loved his sisters, Polyxena and Cassandra. He had others, but these were his favorites. They were a trio the three of them always getting into trouble together always getting out of it together as alexander got older it was understood that these visits were inappropriate he did it less and less but it left a hole in him tonight he would not take it he needed their advice he needed their wisdom so he snuck in one more time alexander what brings you here do you have gossip asked polly There was a man from Greece who brought presents from across the sea. We didn't get anything, complained Cassandra. Look what I got. Alexander showed them the painting. And, asked Cassandra. No, that's it, this painting, said Alexander. It's lovely, Polyxena assured him. No, I mean, why should we care? So what? Cassandra sat at her loom casually working the strings back and forth. It's
0: the Queen of Sparta.
1: Isn't she beautiful?
0: They say she is the most beautiful woman in the world.
1: She looks it, said polyxena How could they possibly know that? Wouldn't they have to see all the other women first, said Cassandra.
0: They tell me I can meet her, but I have to go to Greece. They told me they will take me with them.
1: "'To Greece? To Sparta? You can't go! I'll miss you too much!' polyxena complained. "'You can't go. Mom will kill you. I mean, she will literally kill you if she finds out you're planning to leave,' explained Cassandra. "'But I have to go! I have to meet her!' Alexander protested. Cassandra set her loom down and looked her brother in the eyes. "'If you go to Greece... "'You'll never return.' Her voice cracked a little.
0: "'I'll be back. I just have to meet this woman.'
1: "'And what if you find her?' Cassandra asked. "'Nothing. I just want to see her
0: in person. I want to know if she's really the most beautiful woman in the world.'
1: "'I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about what you're really looking for. What you've always been looking for,' Cassandra explained." And what's that? asked Alexander. The fulfillment of your dreams, Cassandra stated simply. I would rather you stayed, Polyxena explained. But if you need to go to find the answers to your dreams, you should go. I'll miss you, but you have to promise to come back. I will come
0: back. I will. It's not like I can marry her. She's already married.
1: I just want to meet her, Alexander pleaded. "'Then you may go,' Polly gave her permission. "'Thank you,' Alexander kissed her hand. "'Mom still won't let you.' Cassandra went back to working on her loom. "'Then I won't tell her,' Alexander said with determination. "'I'm leaving in two days. Once I'm gone, you can tell them where I went. Tell them I will be back.' Alexander snuck back out of their chambers. He had to go through his things. He had to pack.' "'She will never again set foot in the city of Ilium,' Cassandra predicted. "'Who won't?' asked polyxena "'The girl he's looking for,' Cassandra explained. But polyxena didn't believe her. No one ever believed her. When the time came and the boat was ready, Alexander snuck out of the palace. Hundreds of guards in the palace and hundreds of guards on the wall, but all of them looking the other direction, none of them trying to keep someone in.' just people trying to keep others out. He was at the boat before any of them realized. The man from Greece greeted him with a smile and embraced him. He showed him where he'd be staying. Alexander was nervous and frightened of the water and the boat, so he held his breath and he tried to push the fear away, but the swaying of the boat took Alexander's feet from under him and he fell. The man from Greece held out his hand and helped him up.
0: The reason you're afraid is because you feel you are not in control. You don't understand the boat, so the boat is fear to you. You don't understand the water, so the water, again, is fear to you. The way to conquer that fear is to conquer the boat, to conquer the water. It's a long journey. Why don't I show you how to pilot the boat? Then, if being a prince doesn't work out for you, You can always be a sailor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The man laughed and slapped Alexander hard on the back. It took a month to sail to Greece and then another week to sail to Sparta. Every day of that journey, Alexander threw himself into learning how to sail. And every night of that journey, he stared at the portrait until he fell asleep and dreamed of the queen. By the time they reached Sparta, Alexander himself piloted the ship to the dock. The man had been right now in control of the ship now in control of the water alexander felt no fear he felt in control of his life happy and proud of himself he wanted to jump from the ship and run to the palace but instead he waited for the man from greece alexander realized that now all the men were from greece and it was he who was from ilium they unloaded the ship taking all of the gifts that were unchosen and, with a small entourage of men, they led Alexander to the palace. They were greeted by the guards, and the messengers were sent to the king. The men, the gifts, and Alexander were all allowed into the grand hall, where on the throne sat the king of Sparta. Menelaus, a smaller throne, sat next to him empty.
0: Your Majesty, I have come from around the world. I am an emissary of your brother Agamemnon. I have gathered these gifts for you robes of the finest silks, weapons of the finest metals, fruits and nuts from far-off lands. But, most importantly, I have brought you a guest. Your Majesty, may I introduce to you the Prince of Ilium? Prince of Ilium? What is your name, Prince?
1: Menelaus asked. Alexander stood forward. He bowed to the king, and then he spoke. They call me Alexander, and... I'm sorry, my king, but I have come on my own. I wish I had a gift to give you other than my voice. Alexander stood still, waiting for Menelaus to respond.
0: Well, little prince, if your voice has talent, if your voice has melody, I will forgive this insult. Can you sing? I can, my lord. I can also play the lyre if you lend me one. Let's hear you play. Let's hear you sing. If we like what we hear, we may not kill you.
1: Menelaus joked and snapped his fingers, and a guard ran to find a lyre. It wasn't but a few moments that he returned with the instrument and brought it to Alexander. Alexander took a deep breath. He held the instrument, checked its tuning, then he began. The song he chose he learned as a child. It was a simple tune, so he was not afraid he would mess it up. The lyrics were comical. They described a woman who had fallen in love with her horse. The poetry was mostly from her point of view as she sang about her love for the animal. The song was full of puns and bawdy innuendo. In the last verse, the horse got to sing, and the effect was hilarious. The entire throne room laughed. Menelaus held his side as he begged for the song to stop. Alexander ended his song with a flourish and a bow. When Menelaus recovered from laughter, he finally spoke again.
0: Alexander, where did you learn that hilarious song? It's an old shepherd's song from Ilium. The men who tend the sheep taught it to me. Do you have more? I do. Then your presence here is a gift to me. You will stay tonight, and you will play it again. And something else. Keep the lyre. It's yours. We will have a feast tonight... And the queen, I'm sure, would love to hear your song. That's why you're here, is it not, little prince? You're here to see the queen, aren't you? So very few people come to see me anymore. Your majesty, I'm sorry, I will not lie, but yes, legend of her beauty came to Ilium, and I have left my kingdom without permission just to see if it was true. Don't worry, it's true. "'And you shall see tonight. Guard!'
1: Menelaus pointed to one of the guards, then beckoned him over. "'Find
0: our guest quarters. Be sure he has anything he needs. "'Stay with him. You are now his guard. "'Make sure he is at the feast tonight. You have my permission to leave.'
1: "'At the feast that night, Alexander played his song again. "'He also played a love song. "'It was a song about the sky and the earth "'and how they were in love with each other, "'but could only touch at the edges.' It was somehow both sorrowful and joyful, a couple who could never be together, but also never apart. As he sang his songs, he could not help but look over at the smaller throne next to Menelaus. It was empty. She had not come. In the hall, on his way back, he ran into the man who invited him here.
0: Alexander, what troubles you? You look so down and distraught. How could you not be happy in a place like this? I'm... "'Sorry,' said Alexander. "'But I was hoping to see the queen. "'I know eventually I will. "'It's just a matter of patience. "'But I wanted to play for her. "'In life we are given challenges. "'The harder the challenge, the greater the reward. "'Don't give up, little prince. "'I should return to Ilium. "'I don't even know why I want to see her so bad. "'No, stop.'
1: "'The man stood in front of Alexander.'
0: You have time. It took a month to sail here, and you're going to give up after only one day? I will leave the boat in the dock. I will leave a man with it. When you're ready to go home, it will be waiting for you. It's yours. So you have the time. I will see what I can do about getting you an audience with the queen. Be patient. I think for you, everything is going to work out fine. Trust me. I have to return to Mycena but before I go, I want you to promise me you won't give up. Why would you care? Why would I care? Are you not my friend? Are you not my student? I have brought you halfway across the world on a promise that you would be able to meet the queen, and if I don't deliver on that promise, what kind of friend am I to you? I will arrange something special for you. I promise you will see her.
1: The man held Alexander by the shoulders he bent down a little to try and look him in the eyes. For a moment, Alexander wouldn't look up. But when he did, he could not hide the smile on his face. The man laughed and slapped Alexander on the side. He flinched in pain.
0: There you go. Now I can see you're happy. Trust me, nothing can go wrong.
1: This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by... Paris Lee. Artwork by Helen Lee. Performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead. Except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you.